Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Connected by Community, for a podcast brought to you by Ballantine Capital Advisors. And we bring you local business, community leaders, nonprofits, and other interests in our community. We're glad to have you here today. Uh, I'm Brian Ballantine. I'm joined by Anthony Colincheco. And today we are glad to have some folks from Southern First here, Cal Hurst and Colby Ebert. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank Thanks. you. Great and to be here. Awesome. And Mr. Colby is a second time guest. Second not, time. Not many people can say that. He right. must have done was, something right the first time. <laughs> I was a little scared to come back, to be quite honest. Yeah. <laughs> the first episode is a collector's edition. You know, what are they called? Those um, non fungible tokens that people sell? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're being sold out here. Oh, Fantastic. Look at you. <laughs> I know. It's going places, wow. you know? impressive. <laughs> I'm not going to quit my day job. Yeah. <laughs> so before we kind of jump into Southern First and what you guys do day to day, maybe share with us and, and really our audience who you are, you know, your background from this area, mm. family, married, that kind of stuff. Cal, yeah. if you want to. Thanks for asking. Yeah, sure. I'm I'm Cal Hurst. I, I grew up in the mountains of North Carolina, up, up just outside of Boone, North Carolina. Uh, loved growing up there. I came to Greenville in order to go to school here in town at Furman University. I uh, had an opportunity to play baseball there, which I really enjoyed. Uh, stuck around here in Greenville. As soon as uh, as soon as I got here, I, I felt like Greenville had an awful lot going on. That was in 2000, so quite a long time ago now. But even then, uh, as you all know, there was an enormous amount of, uh, of stuff going on in Greenville. Uh, and so I, I loved being here uh, in the early 2000s, decided to try and build a career here which I've done uh, ever since. Um, lived for a little while in Columbia. I've been in the banking business for 16, 17 years, something like that. Um, uh, and now uh, with Southern First for the last three and a half, I serve as our president and uh, work across all eight of our markets and with our teams and folks just like Colby. Uh, as I like to think of it, I'm, I'm kind of in a support role. It's a big part of my job to make sure Colby and others have what they need to succeed. Um especially to provide our clients a great experience when, when they need us uh, or when they, uh, when they have things going on in their lives that we can help with. I'm married uh, to uh, just an unbelievable person, puts me to shame all the time. Her name is Casey. She's a Clemson graduate from Charleston, South Carolina originally. We have two awesome children. They're eight and six, a boy and a girl, and they are all over the place all the time. And so my my time is spent, if, if I'm not uh, working, then I am working uh, on coaching baseball or taking to cheerleading or um, trying to uh, do whatever it is the family needs. And that's, it's a, I'm having an absolute blast. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. What about you, Mr. Colby? Well, thanks again, Brian, for having me the second time. Yes, sir. Uh, so Third's a question. Third is a question. <laughs> we'll we'll see how today goes. Uh, so Colby Ebert, I'm actually born and raised right here in Greenville, South Carolina. So very proud of that. A little biased to my hometown, but I love it here. Um, I am a University of South Carolina grad. Uh, actually, I played some college baseball just like Cal did. I bounced around a few schools, but played a little college baseball. And uh, then I started my banking career after college. Uh, been in the banking industry for 11 or 12 years now um, throughout a few different banks, but happy to call Southern First Home for about a year and a half now. Um, so it's been, it's just been a fantastic experience and it's actually a place I really feel like I've found home. Um, so I, I'm married as well. My wonderful wife, her name's Lindsay. Uh, we've got two kids, two boys, and they, uh, they definitely keep me on my toes. Uh, Evans and Banks are their names and, um, uh, they're my pride and joy. Uh, we're starting to get into the sports and stuff like that. So 
I'm starting to figure out how Cal feels after work when you're just constantly <laughs> running around from one place to the next. So we're uh, we're getting into that phase of life, and it's it's just an absolute blast. But thank you very much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe let's jump into Southern first. I mean, that's sure. what we're here to talk about. And uh, obviously a well-known name in our community now uh, and has been here. But uh, as I understand, Cal, you've recently assumed a, n- a new role as president. How's that transition gone for you? Uh, oh. being, being in a new role. Yeah, I, I, I'm number one. I couldn't be more honored. Uh, Colby's right. It, for, for me, too, Southern First has really felt like finding home professionally. And so um, the, the amount that I've come to believe in who we are and what we do makes it, number one, a real honor to serve as the president of the organization. But, but number two, uh, makes it easy to be very passionate in sharing our story. Uh, and I, I genuinely believe in, as I said, who we are and what we do. Fortunately, the transition from my prior role, which was chief banking officer, which is a role a number of banks will have, and, and really the the responsibilities of that are, it, it are quite similar in a lot of respects. It, it's um, I was working on innovating what we do and how we do it at times, but also maintaining a a relationship banking culture and feel kind of a family culture and feel for our team and our, our clients. Um, my role now is, is not a whole lot different there. There, it, it probably means um, a, a great deal to our investors or the broader marketplace. But, but I think the way I view my role now is, uh, versus uh, prior role at Southern first hasn't changed a lot. Uh, some of the things that I wind up working on any given day are just evolutions of the same things that I was doing before. Uh, the conversations I have with clients or prospects or our community uh, are evolutions of of the same things I was doing before. So it that term evolution is probably how I would couch the transition. It's it's just continued uh, similar path, um, but very very proud uh, to to share with our story to to talk about our team. Talk about how we do business, which we think is a differentiator at times, and um, to tell a little bit of our history, which we're we're not all that old a bank uh, in the grand scheme of things. We're not all that old a bank compared to how old I'm getting, frankly. But we're we're 23 years old as an organization and homegrown here in Greenville, and so there's a lot of pride in that. Um, built a new headquarters that we opened earlier this year at Six Verde, and it's a uh, I think mostly a, a testament to um, who we are, but really a statement to our communities that we serve that we intend to be here for a lot longer than 23 years. We wouldn't have done that if we didn't intend for that to be the case. And so, again, another thing I'm proud uh, to serve as the president of the organization and, and, and an organization that's made that kind of statement to our communities and to our clients. And one thing you said, what do, what does make Sheldon First different? Hmm. I'll take the first stab maybe, and I'd, I'd be interested yeah. in Colby's perspective there too, because he, sure. I, one, one of the, I always find a lot of value in seeing us with fresh eyes. So when we, we have new teammates that join us, they bring experiences and uh, they bring their own uh, past cultures that they've worked in. And so I, I always find a lot of value in Colby and our, our teammates kind of sharing what they think makes us special because they're still seeing it pretty fresh, which is great. But I appreciate the question as to what makes us different. In my view, um, our business is is one that gets disrupted a lot. And, and here's maybe a couple of examples. 
you, I'm sure uh, you all, especially in your world too, you you hear about financial technology firms and the presence of technology and how people do business financially these days. That that often gets termed uh, as a as a disruptor to our industry. I actually look at it uh, as an enhancement to our clients. Um, but but that is one way in which our our business or our industry um, changes over time. Another, especially in the banking business, but but in others as well. Uh, mergers and acquisitions happen all the time. Most banks uh, grow by buying other banks. A lot of banks, therefore, are on the other end of that transaction and sell themselves uh, and merge into another organization, all of which is perfectly fine and and makes, I'm sure, a lot of sense uh, at various times for certain banks. We, in response to those types of changes, we we are different maybe to answer your question in a couple of ways. One is uh, we've never bought a bank. Uh, so we've grown from zero to our current size, about three and a half billion in assets, uh, eight markets in the Southeast, one client at a time, one banker at a time. And that's a little unique, uh, that organic growth over 23 years uh, and an independent mindset of we really love our culture. We really love doing things our way. We really love carrying a community and community bank feel, even as we get larger and that's a lot easier to do when you're calling your own shots and you're not having to integrate another bank or worry about a different culture or other systems or whatever. So charting our own path, I think, leads to us feeling a little different to our teammates and to our clients. Um, but it also gives us the ability to make decisions about, as I mentioned, financial technology. And that's just one example. But it gives us the ability to make smart decisions that we think are going to serve our clients well. We, we may not go take on 10 technological innovations, but we might take on the three that seem to matter most to our clients uh, and to our team. We might build three ourselves. Uh, and, and so again, when you have this kind of clear windshield, we don't know, there's no destination. We're, there's no exit ramp to what we're doing. And so being able to say that in, in our markets to our clients and to our team also gives us the freedom then to uh, decide what that path looks like between here and there, because there is no there. There's no there's no thing we're trying to get to. It's just how can we serve the next client really well? How can we serve our communities very well? How can we attract the best bankers in every one of our markets so that our clients have an experience that's better than most? And and especially as other banks uh, get bought, for example, or or merge other banks into themselves uh, if they're the buyers. Those things, um, while I'm sure uh, wins in a lot of ways for them and their clients and communities, uh, they, they also can serve as distractions uh, from, from some of that. So uh, we think we've got a clear pathway not to be distracted, uh, but rather to focus on that growth one client at a time, serving one client at a time, and serving our communities as well. Anything you'd add to that? That's a great a, a, a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because absolutely. I think that you, was a lot. I, I think I think from a leadership standpoint, you see a lot of that. But I guess in the you're you're dealing with day to day clients mm-hmm. more. Um, how do you see that same question? Because it's really still a great sure. Question. Yeah, and that's uh, you know it's, that's how I'm going to tailor my answer to you. Yeah. Um, you know, I've like I said, I've I've worked for for different banks, and one of one of the things that I think means the most to my clients and what I've I have experienced at Southern First. Um, and this this was really big to me even going in. Um, we we are so good, and we have the capability of getting someone an answer on on anything, whatever it might be, an account, a loan, whatever. Very very quickly, um, we can turn things around very fast. You know, if it's if it's a let's just if it's a loan for an example, 
and we're trying to get somebody funding on whatever the situation might be. I can call Cal. I can pick up the phone or I can, I can go see Cal I and mean, we can talk about it real quick and we can, we can get all the appropriate folks that we need and we can, we can, if we need to, I mean, we could, we, we technically could do it in a day. So Charlotte does so, not make the answers. No, that's correct. Right. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. Because we hear that from a lot of, you know, business clients. It's that's right. Charlotte or San Francisco or wherever it might yeah. be, right. New York. And that's right. Uh, that, that's a problem, especially for business customers that are making big loans and it's their business. Yeah. They we're, don't have time to wait weeks and months. Yeah. And we're a very flat word. Mm-hmm. We really are. Um, and, and to me, as being the, the banker and the person who is client facing, that goes a long way. That goes a long way because it's, it's hard to sit there. And, you know, in the past, I've had to tell people, hey, I'm, I'm sorry I'm working on this. I just don't have an answer for you yet. Right. Um, and, and, you know, people want to know, you know, this, this is affecting their, their financial future and their decisions that they're trying to make. And, um, I've been so grateful for that at Southern First and how we have just created this internal system of being able to make decisions and move quickly for our clients because we care. Mm. We we care. We really do. And it, it, that is that has meant the most to me. Yep. Um, one one thing I'd add, you know, your 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 comments a great one. It's sort of like the decision isn't made in Charlotte or San Francisco or New York, and I've, I've valued that over my career. And certainly when I came to Southern First. <clears throat> One of the unique challenges, I think, for, for us is, um, but our team in Raleigh can't say that, except, so so we try to do two things. I'm using Raleigh as an example. The same would be true of Greensboro, Charlotte, Atlanta, Charleston, Somerville, Columbia, the other markets that we serve in addition to Charlotte in that case. But but one of the unique challenges, I think, and, and, and opportunities we have then is so that uh, empower our team in Raleigh to make decisions, so that, uh, and I think that helps our clients feel like, well, yeah, my decision is made by my banker and that person's manager, if that gets a little bit of a larger decision right here in town. That I think is a critical part of maybe the client experience and doing business with us versus maybe some others. But even if not, even if it has to go, if, if somebody, if it's a bigger loan or it's a more complex situation or somebody just has questions about how might we do this, even if, quote, the decision is made in Greenville, uh, the flatness that Colby talked about—it's—it's it's, a—it's a—it's a responsibility we have to make sure that it feels to our team and to their clients in Atlanta uh, just the same as when the decision is made in Greenville for a Greenville client. Uh, and so, again, the independence that we have and the ability to make our own decisions helps us. But I, but I'll admit. Um, at times, it would be easier just to write a policy that says this is how you do it and then move on. Uh, we fight that because I don't think that helps the next client. I don't think it helps our existing clients. It, it might make my job easier, but frankly, that's not what our clients should have to worry about. I'm perfectly fine working hard to make sure that our team in Atlanta, our team in Raleigh, our team in Greensboro on down the line has what they need to make fast decisions and make it feel to their clients like it's a better experience. And I tell you, I really appreciate that. Being a small boutique wealth management firm, Mm -hmm. we do the same thing. Right. You know, the only thing ultimately we can do different is to serve better, be wiser, and to be flexible. We don't have a cookie cutter system. Yeah. Uh, There's some, you know, we might could be more quote efficient, but then we're not delivering what we hope to deliver to our clients. Yeah. And so that's your unique value proposition, and you've got to be really good at it. And in fact, I was thinking as you were going through this, maybe even let's back up one quick second. Some of our listeners might not realize 
a little bit more of your history. I know it's a mm-hmm. short history, mm-hmm. um, twenty and very similar. Yeah. Uh, but what was the name of the company when you first started? Because there was a transition of that, yeah. and it was a focus just on upstate. And you've talked about these eight markets. So maybe just real quickly, yeah. How how did you go from one name here in Greenville to to where you are today and where you see the future? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. You're right. Even over 23 years of our history, we, there's there's been a lot of evolution. So we started as Greenville first uh, in in 2000. Uh, our founder is still our CEO, Art Seaver. Uh, still a young guy. Still uh, cares m- as much about this company as I've ever seen anybody care about uh, a company. But mostly because of that focus on our clients. Um, we were Greenville first as we started. Uh, existed as Greenville first until uh, around 2009 or so. Uh, when we, uh, Art and, and the team, decided they were going to open a market in Columbia. That was our first expansion outside of Greenville. Uh, being that we were going to Columbia, you know, Colombians maybe not don't, don't love you know, having to think about doing business in Greenville, for example. And we talked a little bit about that, where it's, we, we wanted to make it feel like a hometown bank in Columbia, just like it was in Greenville. And um, so that we changed our name to Southern First at that time. Um we then went to Charleston around 2012 or so. Uh, so now we had three markets o- over that time period. Uh, still in, have stayed Southern first ever since. Um, we wound up opening an office in Somerville, just up the road, which, um, gosh, over the last 10, 15 years, Somerville has really become its own market. And it's an awesome place and, and uh, has so much going for it. Uh, so we were in in what I call those four markets. Then uh, about five or six years ago, we wound up opening markets in Atlanta and Raleigh and Greensboro in fairly quick succession over 18 to 24 months in that time period. Um, and then most recently opened an office in Charlotte in January of 2021. Um, so our expansion story, as I mentioned before, hasn't been one of of buying other banks in order to get into these markets. It's really been one of uh, building relationships with bankers in great markets in the Southeast, getting to know them, letting them get to know us, sharing our story, what makes us different. Um, and when the time is right, I always I always think about uh, right place, right time. The only, place, the only way I know to be in the right place at the right time is to be in the right place as often as possible. And so we feel like if we can just continue developing relationships with people over time, time will take care of itself or timing will take care of itself. Uh, so we've been fortunate then to have really experienced bankers in each of those markets join our team and start our presence in those markets versus Colby sending me to to Charlotte to open our presence there. I, you know, I've worked in Charlotte a little, but I'm not the guy that's going to be able to attract the best bankers in Charlotte, the best clients in Charlotte, and frankly, to impact our communities, including those that are underserved by banks historically, because I haven't lived in those places in in Charlotte. I've lived in them in Greenville, uh, but that's what makes me not the right person in Charleston or Charlotte or Raleigh. So we we focus on bankers who know their markets, know how to impact communities where they live. Um, and, and we find, again, timing winds up taking care of itself. So that organic expansion has been a real boost for us when we've gone to those markets because we immediately, they may not know Southern first, and frankly, that's okay. I care a lot more that they know the Colby Eberts of our team than if they can say that then they know Southern First. They'll figure out Southern First eventually. But if we've got 
If we got teams like we have in those markets carrying the name, that matters more. So it sounds like if I'm hearing you, very similar to us, when the people on your internal team are there, you might can have the buildings to help the community. Right. So it's a people-driven internal first to help the people externally. No question. Um, and, and we experience some of the same challenges. So I'd like to actually actually maybe piggyback on that. Mm-hmm. What challenges are you seeing out there in the workforce with hiring the right people? Mm-hmm. Right. So we know it's been a tight job market. Uh, some economic struggles went there, but but the labor market's been tight and finding those quality people are difficult. And, and you know, has that been a hindrance or a challenge uh, as you continue to grow? That's a great question. We're certainly not immune, not immune to that. Um, I, I think about uh, the next person that walks into one of our offices is going to care uh, that the person they first interact with cares about them. That that's the that's the feeling we want them to have. That that person is there to serve them. That that person cares about why they came in today, and and what they need to do. Um, and that's of course for the people who are with us in person. We we talked about technology and the fact that um, that so many of us do our day to day banking in 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 the bank's case uh, via our phone or our computer or something similar. Uh, uh, so we have uh, we have maybe two ways of thinking about that. One is when people interact with us digitally, how do we support those interactions with great people so that if something gets hung up or if it doesn't go through or if they're not sure if the, the deposit they just made went through or if they want to know when it clears, I want them to know they can call Colby Ebert or uh, Jamie Parfrey or whom, Yolanda Anderson, whomever it is they need uh, to say, did this happen? Or can you tell me such stuff? We, we think that's a critical part of providing an experience, even digitally, is backing it up with the ability to have great people who can help. Uh, the great people side of it, then, even whether they're in person or interacting with us digitally, to your point, is A, the lifeblood of our business, uh, and B, is more challenging now than maybe ever in my career. I think one thing we believe deeply is culture matters. Uh Culture is easy to say, hard to define, um, and much better experienced. And so what we find is that in order to attract the next great banker, we really need to get them in with our team, in our office, in our environment, so they understand when we say culture, what does that mean? Culture is, uh, it's it's nebulous. It can mean a million things. Uh, so we try and demonstrate to people when we talk about culture, when we talk about a culture of service, of serving people well, we talk about a culture of caring. Um, we want them to feel that. And so as we work in this environment to attract great bankers and great people to help our clients, um, that part has proven critical. The ability to get people in with us, know our team, find out who we are. It doesn't solve for everything because it's still a really challenging environment. But we we are experiencing significantly less turnover and challenge, fewer challenges than maybe some are, partly because of the culture and the ability to demonstrate that to people. Having said that, as I said, we're not immune. There are plenty of times when we go, gosh, we've been trying really hard for three months to get the right person here. And it matters because there's a lot of work to be done in our offices and they need the support. 
Uh, so we then try to get creative and say, who, who, who else is, who, who are just great people at ser- serving someone? I don't care if they've ever worked in a bank before. Frankly, at times it's an advantage if they haven't, because we're not trying to be like other banks. Anthony I, says that all the time. <laughs> it's, it, sometimes it's better to train from the beginning. I, I totally agree. Uh, we, we often have to ask people to forget most of what they, they learned at a prior institution in order to really thrive in ours. So we think creatively. Who who are just who are great people that we know that that just like serving people. We, we'll fill it we'll fill in the banking part. That right. that's if if it were rocket science, I wouldn't be doing it. I can promise <laughs> you that. So so we'll figure that out. Uh, but that's an approach we've tried to take is just to think a little bit outside of the box. Not at all get hung up on banking experience, but right. think about who are great people to interact with and who love serving others. Interesting. It's funny you're saying that. So. This is a complete aside, but my brother works for a high-end construction management company, and they used to go to these universities that are pumping out these kids that, mm-hmm. that, that you know, have got these degrees, but they become such in demand, they can't afford to pay them coming out. Right. So what they started doing, I don't know, maybe giving away secrets. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to take notes. If <laughs> yeah, we're, we're right now. They're yeah. going to the military mm. when people are coming out of the military because these people are disciplined. He said, I need a disciplined person. Yes, they're not trained. Sure. I can train them on the technique. But if they're disciplined, they come out, they're appreciative of what they're they're getting. Yeah. You're going to pay them well, but you're not having to compete with everybody else. So, yeah, I'm giving away. That's the reason for the podcast. The great point. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I thought that was an interesting take by a pretty successful company. Great point. Be, being creative in how they hire, hmm. the characteristics they were looking for were discipline. Yeah. And so where better than some of the folks coming out of the military? Boy, and, who, and who doesn't yeah. want to support military you know, for veterans? So anyway, I, thought well it was a, I thought it was a great take. Yeah, uh, well said. And, yeah. and I guess that's why they've been successful. Sounds like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure, sure. I'm going to change the topic a little bit of what's going on in the market today. Mm. Yeah, great question. I was hoping you could tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were, we were here for there. <laughs> yeah, that's where you're supposed to talk and yeah. we're supposed to listen. Yeah. Um, a lot is happening. I, I, you know, I can go through the facts of rising interest rates, inflation at, at record levels, at least in my lifetime. Um, uh, uh, people, uh, I think the hiring market, uh, as you mentioned, is is a challenge. So there, there are a number of things that that are kind of factual about the environment we find ourselves in. I, I think one of the maybe a couple of the more interesting parts of it to me are the. Um, I'm not the disparity between what's actually being experienced by a lot of businesses versus what appear to be the storm clouds on the horizon. I don't remember a time where the disparity between the two has been greater. Um, Typically, uh, if, for example, the Federal Reserve is basically putting in ink, we are going to send this thing into a recession and that's a better outcome than long-term high inflation and you should prepare yourself for it and not convince yourself that it's not going to happen um, uh, the economics of that situation would suggest that businesses and consumers start to act in a recessionary way pretty much immediately. Um, that hasn't happened yet. Uh, part of that is the labor market. As you mentioned, we've, we're, we've been basically beyond fully employed for a period of years now, and that doesn't hasn't yet shown signs of, of easing. Uh, easing is the wrong term. It's actually a great thing if more people have jobs than would typically, right? But if you're trying to confl- control inflation, and, and everybody who wants one has a job and then some, 
and uh, the purchasing power of their dollars may be eaten away at, but but companies are also, and again, in a tight labor market, trying to keep pace with that for their teams, then inflation is really hard to control, uh, at least at a consumer level. So uh, I would say what we hear from from our clients, our business clients, our, our individual clients is um, the reality of our day-to-day situation in many cases is it, it still feels okay. Um, but the clouds on the horizon sure seem big and dark and, and full of rain and hail and who knows what else. Uh, and so I think we, we see people trying to figure out how to bridge that gap. When we talk with clients, there are a lot of folks trying to figure out how do I prepare myself and my business or my team for what may be on the horizon when I don't really know what it is. It just looks troubling. Uh, so that I find that disparity interesting. And, and I find it important to try for us to try and help our clients navigate. Um, I think the other thing, uh, it, from the, the one thing, maybe the first thing the Federal Reserve has impacted is the housing market. Now, we're fortunate that we operate and we all live in a great market. We, we operate in great markets in the Southeast. And so the in-migration to those markets serves as a little bit of a buffer to maybe a, a insert name of city here that is really struggling with, with housing prices or housing availability. Um, that comes with its own cha- own challenges, but I do think uh, these markets and Greenville is a great example of this are well positioned to maybe perform better. But but the fact is, when mortgage rates in nine months go from three ish to seven ish, uh, that's going to have an impact on on housing, the affordability of it, the the mobility of people from one home to another, or their willingness to even move. From one house to another, if you're paying three percent on a mortgage, and if you buy another one, you got to pay seven. That starts to have an impact, and that's that's an area we've seen be impacted in terms of uh, the number of homes for sale in the market, uh, the number of homes contracts where people back out uh, on those homes. As we know, especially in in Greenville, even six nine months ago, you barely had to put a sign in your yard to sell a house for over asking. Uh, and now that's not necessarily the case quite as much, which is a, a bit of a return to normalcy, frankly. Right. Uh, but but certainly seems jarring when it's happened as fast as it has. So helping people navigate that is something that we spend some time on. Uh, uh, it has impacts on businesses as well. And so you start to get a sense then of the the flow through of actions like the Federal Reserve has taken and how they can then impact individuals and businesses. But it's happening in the housing market pretty fast. It's not happening as fast in other business activity or indiv- or consumer activity. And that's the gap that I was talking about earlier that we see. What I would ask you yeah. the same as you're talking about with, with your clients, are they facing anything I would that I haven't touched on? You know, just just a few little things. You know, the, the one thing that um, keeps coming up in conversation is um, people that have variable rate loans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, beginning of the year, if they're paying prime, well, that's that was three and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Well, now they're now they're getting ready to, uh, what we believe next month is going to be 7, 7% prime. Right. Um, and, you know, that that makes a pretty drastic difference in your cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's, there's concern on, on that side. Um, but, you know, I... I Every, everything Cal said is right on point. I mean, it's, but are you seeing it more on the? I'm curious. Certainly, I've talked to some realtors and, and other people in the construction industry on the housing side. There has been some serious breaks put on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you seeing it as much on the commercial side of building 
type stuff. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, and a lot of that stuff's more long term. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious if there's any difference there. And then a second question you mentioned ARM is the consumer buying the house looking to ARM products mm. where they haven't been for the past decade? Yeah. Cool. Question. Just I'll take a step back a little bit. One of the things I have seen and that I continue to see is with people buying new homes now, um, you know, like we said, six, nine months ago, they're, they're flying off the shelf, right? Everybody's paying over asking price, no contingencies, and houses were moving. Things have changed a little bit now that we're where we are. But the thing that I continue to see and keep hearing, especially as I talk to local realtors or just people I know that are buying homes, one of the things that buyers are asking for is rate buy-downs. Um, so a rate buy-down from, say, if they got their mortgage rate at 7%, they want the, the seller to buy it down to one, buy down 1%, so they have a 6% mortgage rate. Gotcha. So that, that, that helps. That changes things, especially if everybody's in agreement to that and you move on. Um, on the commercial side, recently, um, you know, I have seen a – where you know the, the values where people are sell, trying to sell properties are, are still still high. They're still high, and cap rates have continued to decrease. Um, well, now that we are looking at maybe putting a potential loan on a commercial property, well, particularly if it's investment commercial real estate, mm-hmm. you know, the, am I not cash flow enough for somebody to buy them now? Mm-hmm. So the investors are looking at that and saying, "Hey, I'm you know, we're having we're having a great conversation about hey, we, you know, we really like this property, but." You know, we're going to charge six, seven percent, or whatever it might be. Here's here's what you know that that note payment looks like, and let's back that into what your lease is, and here's your cash flow. Well, most right now, that's not not enough for people to really want to chew on. So, mm-hmm. trying to go back and renegotiate those sales prices, I, I think over time that's going to continue to kind of decrease some of some of that in the commercial real real estate realm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting time. And, and for folks that are in their working career, most of them have either never experienced or they're very young because it was mm. the, the late 70s, early 80s since we saw anything That's similar right. to that. That's right. Um, recently, I was talking to someone. There's even situations where you could buy a home in a new production built type neighborhood and see the price you paid be actually more than mm. than the new houses because those new homes are being cut because yeah. the builders are seeing less inflow. Yeah. Uh, so you got all those kind of things going. I think you kind of hit on it. We're trying to figure this out where these storms clouds up ahead, mm-hmm. but a good still under base right now. Yeah. And it's how do we get through it to the other side yeah. and, and where we land, uh, you know, the proverbial soft landing. We, right. I don't know about all that and we'll see. Yeah. Um, but it is an interesting time that's different than most of us have seen. Yeah. The, the, there is inherently a lag effect when, when a, a central bank raises interest rates. That takes time to work through an economy. Um, it may impact housing first, which if 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 it costs me 7% to borrow, and, and you mentioned arms, or and Colby mentioned variable rate loans. If if in a month or, or in nine months, in this case, my borrowing costs go from three to seven, that does impact how much cash I have then to spend on something else. Everything from milk at the grocery store to a new car, to a new home, to whatever. And so, um, but but I don't think just economically, uh, we the 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 fascinating thing. One of the fascinating things is we as a country, the Federal Reserve as an entity, uh, can't yet have a full grasp on even the impact of its first interest rate increase, which was nine or so months ago. Not even nine months ago, right. seven eight months ago. It, it takes longer than that for any interest rate increase to work its way through the economy. Uh, because it takes a while for me to realize my loan now costs more, which means I can't spend as much 
three months from now, which means I'm not going to make the decision six months from now that I was in order to buy a new house, which means I'm not going to make the decision. You get the point. So it takes a while to work through. So here we've gone so far so fast in seven, eight months, and we still don't even know the impact of the first one. So they could have already overshot is, is, and they the, won't know. is, is what's been talked about, right? That's right. And so if they keep going, we, yeah. they might could have stopped two rate cuts or two rate hikes ago. Yeah, that's right. I, I just think, and I'm not suggesting they have gone too far. I'm just saying they and we don't right. even know. We just We don't have the information yet to know what the impact has been thus far. Um, uh, even inflation is at times a rolling 12-month average ago, right. not – from now on. And so uh, those things, I, I don't envy anybody in that position because it, it's it's a really hard mandate they're trying to work through. But the impact on us as consumers and the impact on us as business people trying to serve other people well financially, uh, it does make it hard to then assess what does it feel like today versus what might it feel like six, nine, 12 months from now. Yep. Man, it's, it's a lot to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, you know, and, it, it really and it's a lot for the consumer to make wise decisions. As you mentioned, we're in a great economy here in the South, not just in the, the Greenville area, but the right. whole Southeast has benefited from people moving from some other areas, whether it was weather-related, tax-related, uh, et cetera. So I do think our economy has generally, even back in 08, and I think even now, will we'll be more buffered than some other areas. Mm -hmm. But you certainly have to be wise. And the other thing we didn't talk about – Let's be honest, prices, whether they went up 50% or doubled, when you go rates from 3% to 7% and the underlying price doubled, it's a multiplication effect, right? That's right. right. Yeah. So, That's right. So, so it's real. Uh, it, the, the, the really uh, tough part about this is that, and we think about this a lot in our business, um, if, if our mission has been from our beginning and, and still is today to impact lives, it, it's, we try to make it simple and we try to make it about impacting people's lives, which we have a great opportunity. All of us have, an, have a chance to impact people's lives for their families for generations, honestly. Um, uh, some, of the, some of our neighbors and friends and ourselves at times who, who need the impact feel the negative impacts of what's happening now first and most profoundly. And that to me is a place where we feel a responsibility to then serve people better. Uh, and so if uh, th it just creates need and it creates some some really tough situations. So uh, I think Colby and our team do a great job of of listening to people, understanding where they where they're coming from, what they're feeling, and trying to respond to that. I know in your business that's critical as well. Uh, and I think as we try to impact people, if we keep that at our core and the, and the idea of serving them well through a time like this, I, I'm not going to have all the answers. I don't right. think they're asking me for all the answers. I think they're asking us to listen and understand and do whatever we can to help um, and then use those opportunities to impact their families for generations. That That's, I think, a powerful thing and becomes more powerful when people are as concerned as a lot of people are right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll say this, and, and and you didn't ask me to say this. I thank you guys personally for what you've done. You know, we've worked uh, with with the bank, but not not only us, some of the folks that we mm -hmm. serve, and um, you know, not to name names, but some of the big banks that anyone know, the top three or four sure. that are on you know every corner in America, they don't serve the community like 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 your bank, and mm -hmm. frankly, there may be other other banks as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it does make a difference. And I can tell you, uh, I never hear clients come in and say, "I hate my bank," when it's a Southern first. Yeah. <laughs> I do hear that when it's a, 
you name the name yeah. that's on, on Wall Street. Yeah. Um, they've been there because they've been there. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, people like Colby and some of his team can make those transitions a little easier because it is tough. Let's be honest. Sure. You know, switching yes. banks. It ain't easy. I know it's not proper no, English, not. <laughs> but if it were easy, you'd probably be doing it all the time. Exactly in fact, right. a lot of my clients that's said right. if it was easy, they'd switch you sure. know, a, a right. hundred years ago. Sure, that's right. Um, so I, I do think from a in the trenches kind of guy in business mm-hmm. here, you know, I said we would say thank you, and I think I think you might not even sometimes know how much the public disdains. You know, mm-hmm. I guess I'll never have one of these big banks on here because I'm <laughs> I'm throwing them under the bus because that's the truth. Yeah. Uh, there, there is there is genuinely a difference. Mm. Yeah. Um, and if you and if you have an experience experience, I think Southern First is, is a great example of that. Well, you're um, you're kind to say so. Kind, thank you. Know, that's that's thanks to Colby and our our teammates uh, that work with with those with our with our clients every day. It it comes down to um, relationships and trust. And yep. and when they've got a relationship they can count on and they trust the person on the other end of the the line or the transaction or the deal or whatever it is, uh, that's a pretty co- powerful combination. Well, you'll like this. Well, my kid, my kids. We were talking before we started. I've got a junior and senior, and when they leave my house, they will know this. I tell them almost every day, relationships matter. Relationships so matter. true. The most important thing in life is relationships. Yep. And and I try to show that through demonstrations when mm-hmm. we'll run into a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I had a relationship with this person, and we talked about this problem because mm-hmm. I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sometimes when relationships bad, it's not about learning about that. So I I try to use that as a father, not perfectly, um, but but I try to do that there. And I think in our community, it matters. It's so, a great point. Um, yeah, totally yeah. agree. Yeah, I know Anthony has a key question he wants to ask. I do. Maybe two. I have two. Okay. Um, Cal, how'd you get Colby in a suit today and not, <laughs> and not golf gear? Oh, now we're getting I, to the I real said, stuff. I, I said to myself this next. morning and said, you know, I'll, I'm not going to bust Colby's chops, but I, I have to bust Yeah, I, I don't blame you. Yeah, if, you <laughs> if you hadn't, I would have. Well, the truth is, when I when I saw him in our lobby, we're going to come over here together, and uh, he was in he, w- he was full golf shirt, uh, golf shorts. You know, he still had his golf spikes on. And, and so I said, we, we got 30 seconds from here to my car. It was like Superman. It was like Clark Kent. He's just, he rips off golf clothes and under it is a full suit and tie. And he looks like he's well put together. I've never seen anything, anything like it. That's what he's best at. That's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Never know when I'm going to need it. Right. Well, right. Everybody always, they, they know me in a golf shirt. I love it. I love it. Oh, uh, I do have a signature question. What makes you tick? Mm. I like that. That's a great question. Um, I've always said, I don't know professionally. I don't know what job title I'll ever have or not have. I don't know what company I'll ever work for or not for, although I do now. Um, uh, but my career goal on my resume has always been to positively impact as many people as I can. Uh, I think relationships are a key part of that. What makes me tick is uh, finding opportunities to uh, leave people better off for having uh, for for me having been around. I, I fail at that probably a hundred times to everyone I get it right, um, but. But it's what makes me tick. That's true professionally and personally as well. Um, th- there are there are really fun things that make me tick too. I love coaching my son in baseball. I love hearing about my daughter doing tumbling and cheerleading. I love hanging out with my wife, who's like the funniest and nicest person I've ever met in my whole life. Um, 
Uh, I love being with friends. I love, I'm a social person. I love being in social settings. I, I get energy from being around people. Um, I love hearing stories. Uh, but a lot of that does revolve around then just, am I getting better? And is the other person involved here getting better, being better uh, for us having been around each other? That's, that's what makes me tick. Awesome. You know, Anthony, I was hoping you were going to ask me. And it's well, like, you, it's, you got a second chance. Yeah. I know this. Is, I, know, gotta, I know, right? I know. You, you knew it was coming. I did. I did know it was coming. It's it's really my friendship with Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I, I love I, it. I, I, Best I answer of the podcast. He said, I can't get enough of he it. Said, what like, makes you tick? Not what makes you sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my bad. Yeah, yeah. Can you be a little bit more clear, a little closer to the mic next time? It's that north uh, north accent. It, it really yeah. is. It, he's, he's, start, he's starting to go southern just a little. Just a little. Country Colby's not telling everyone, but his dad is from Atlantic City, so he. Oh. So this is this is so. Let me back up before I get to question. This is why we're friends, okay? Yeah. So, yeah. What, so we we used to be neighbors, and Anthony had to move away here recently. I, yeah, I kill him for that, but yeah, it was like we knew each other, you know. But then he met my dad and found out he was from Philly, and then all of us are uh, excuse me, from New Clint. Jersey, and all of a sudden we're like besties, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like. Really? Yes. So you knew that little little northern side in me. So, yeah. so we we became good <laughs> friends funny. after that. So that's funny. Uh, but but to answer your question, I mean, my my answer is very very close to Cal. I mean, it's it's impacting lives of people. Um, being able to work with somebody and help them obtain a goal, and to see the you know the look on their face when mm. when we're able to say, "Hey, we are going to help you. We're going to do this for you." Mm. That right there, that that particular moment of giving someone that joy or that pride, mm. that particular moment is what really sits in with me. Um, it, it 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 never gets old. Nope. Um, it really doesn't. Um, and I get to ex- I get to experience a lot, and I'm very 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 thankful for that. Um, per- personally, you know, I'm I'm a family guy. I love my family to death. I I try to spend as much time with my boys and. I've been given great advice from people that are older than me, and I hear it constantly that this this phase of your life is going to go by so fast, mm-hmm. um, and it, and it has already. Mm-hmm. Um, feels like yesterday. My oldest, who's who's five, was was just born, mm-hmm. and so I I, uh, I constantly remind myself, and I send myself reminders, and I have some sticky notes um, to live in the moment, um, and that is exactly what I try to do. I try to take every every inch of my free time, every minute of it and give it to my family, give it to my wife, give it to my boys and uh, not, and try to remember that have those memories. Mm. Very wise. I got a senior and junior. It does go by fast. <laughs> Boy, no kidding. <laughs> Just cannot believe that in some short months I'll have one out of the house. Gosh. It's uh you getting them off the payroll or that's wild. We'll talk about that's a, whole, <laughs> that's a separate podcast. Uh, uh, I think getting them married, uh, but that's a long time from now. Uh, I get it. But I get uh, yes, it. we're working toward that and we'll uh, see where we go. But there you uh, go. There you go. Uh, well, in fact, another podcast, I didn't even think about it. You guys expertise in baseball. Y'all could come back as a, as a baseball podcast. And not talk about this banking. Just a, and, well, just a couple uh, of has well, on the microphone. I'm, 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 I'm sure sign up for that. I'm sure we're going to have one since uh, the Phillies are uh, in the World That's Series, right. huh? That's right. The fighting Phils. That's right. Anthony's yeah. real happy over there. That's right. I will be partying in South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> I hear they're a little rowdy up there. Yeah, yeah. a little rowdy. A little rowdy. So real quick for our listeners before we go, if they wanted to find your bank, obviously mm. – 
maybe where is that Nike's headquarters at yeah, and sure. where could they find you on the web? Yeah, uh, happy to happy to say it. Thank you for asking. Um, southernfirst.com uh, on the web. Uh, we have mobile apps and all this stuff as well. You'll find uh, links to there. Uh, we have four offices here in Greenville, including our our headquarters at 6 Verde, right on the corner of Lawrence and Verde, the big new glass building that uh, uh, we hope doesn't look like a bank, frankly. Uh, but we hope you come in and see us because I think when you get inside, you'll you'll find it feels a whole lot more like a like a home and like an inviting space. Uh, also have offices on Augusta Road, uh, the Parkway uh, over near near Greer and on Woodruff Road as well. So uh, very committed to this community. Would be thrilled to see anybody anytime. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for coming. Enjoyed right, having you. you both. Thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. Really yeah. enjoyed it. Absolutely. And for all you out there, please go on our various social media platforms or your favorite podcasting platform and like us, follow us, share us. Uh, I'm even told, and this is me, the old guy, we're now getting on TikTok. Um, <laughs> right. And wow. that's all the, the jazz. And so please do that. Follow that. Let's build that one up, too. Yeah. Um, I, we're in so many places, I can't even keep up with them. <laughs> uh, but it is because of our, our community, our listeners, we've really grown this over the last year plus, And we thank you so much. And we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Bye-bye. All information during this podcast is for discussion purposes only, should not be construed as advice. Please seek the advice of appropriate professionals before acting on anything in this podcast. Past performance is not an indicator of future results. Securities through Tried Advisors, LLC, member FINRA. Advisor services through Ballantyne Capital Advisors, Inc., Tried Advisors, and Ballantyne Capital Advisors are not affiliated.